two farts, Performers Happiness in the Arts podcast that's meant to gas up musical theater performers as they pursue a long career on the stage. We bring flatulent happiness to ourselves and to each other through integrity, authenticity, love, and of course, humor. All guests on this podcast are out to help musical theater performers. And while we do it, ah, we may laugh at the simple things like the word penis. Penis. I'm here with Megan McConaughey, and we are going to talk about self-love for the body. But first, we got to talk about the before. So, poor me, what was me? And I mean that so sarcastically. I get to be with family and go to Hawaii on Wednesday, and I have not dyed my hair in a while. <laughs> and, and and like not that other people knew our appointment time because I didn't even have time to do appointment. Um, and I've been so busy with work, I haven't had time to make an appointment to, to dye my hair. And so then I was like, fine, I have the equipment. People have done it. Let's just go for it. Which I, my mom has told me over and over again, don't do it yourself, Jenna. <laughs> and, and of course, and, you didn't listen, right? <laughs> and like, I mean, I probably miss spots. But here's the deal. Here's here's my opinion on this situation. I had so many gray hairs, I could give two shits about it being a blotchy hair dye because I'd rather have a blotchy hair dye than the gray sh- situation that was happening that I was living in. So I will blotch, uh, a blotching, blotchy be good, you know? It's not, but it's not gray. It's glitter tinsel. Glitter, yes, I like that. It's glitter tinsel. tinsel. Yes. Yes. I love yeah, that. Embrace the tinsel. I have my, my street gray hair. There it is. Yeah. One. Actually, I have half of mine to make it brighter so I can just be like, yeah. Yes. Oh, who is that girl I see? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love that. <laughs> well, we're here to talk about something Megan covers and has experienced herself and her whole life. Uh, and it's just happiness with your body. And it's funny because Megan didn't even know what exactly our topic was going to be on, but she, I knew she trusted me and, and was just like, yeah, sure. I'll do an interview. I was like, great. And, and I discovered Bye. what I, what we were going to talk about just in my writing as I was looking at my hair and going, love thyself. <laughs> yes, definitely love thyself. Love thyself. Would you mind giving for those who haven't heard any of your interviews in the past and here a, a brief overview of your journey with yourself? Oh gosh. Okay. So actually, I just uh, passed my two-year health anniversary. So to go back, back, back beyond that, though, I've been a dancer all my life and um, realized relatively recently that my entire view of myself was through the lens of what a dancer should be, which is kind of a dangerous way to think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't realize it for a long time. So I, you know, I've always been a dancer, always, um, fought the, what my body should look like, what my body was not. It was a whole psychology that I had, I didn't really realize was happening, but for my entire life, I've always looked at myself as wrong because, you know, I love to dance, but I don't look like that normal the typical, the whatever word you want to use, the, the the accepted norm of what dancer looks like, um, which is now changing slowly, thank goodness, but not fast enough for my taste. Um, 
And so then, uh, gosh, I became a teacher and um, I reconnected with that dancer self after years of teaching actually theater. I started teaching dance and started seeing students having the same thing. And when I viewed them, I was like, okay, well, we can't. That was the first in, um, inclination that I had that this was a, a mindset and that I had to establish in my classroom that all bodies are beautiful. All bodies can dance. You do not have to look at the accepted norm and accept that for yourself. Um, but I wasn't doing that for myself. And so, you know, I had kids and I gained some weight and I was at my heaviest weight two years ago and couldn't dance because it hurt too much and it caused me pain. And I was thinking, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. So, um, found a plan, figured it out, dropped, uh, 43 and a half pounds. Um, And then after that happened, I then really started looking at myself because I became my skinny self and I looked at it and realized I didn't like that either. That wasn't who I was because my, it just wasn't me being skinny is not my body type. And that was sort of the breakthrough of, oh my gosh, I've been looking for this body forever. Now I have it and I don't want it because that's not me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then I, then I added working out to the mix and I've now been, um, working on building muscle because my body does that naturally. And so as my husband says, I've been learning to own my thick because I am a thick body and that is okay. And it it was like a full circle coming and realizing that this view and this lens that I had was not what I was and really starting to view my body for what it is and being okay with that standing in front of the mirror and just celebrating the body and being okay with my changes and loving all of it and loving the journey in it. But that it took, this is a two year process, that whole part. So that's what I've been doing for the last two years. Yeah. I love that so much. And I love how, whether you liked it or not, you had to be patient, but I think through that you appreciate it. I mean, so much more, am I right? I mean, like, it's just, I I mean, uh, for those, for those who are popping on right now, we are talking about self-love for the body. I'm with Megan McConaughey, who has a big, wonderful, beautiful history with her body. And, and I just, I love, I, I, I I like that you've struggled like many others, because I think if it was just easy your whole life, you would have less people to connect with and therefore less people you could help. Right. And, and you, you, you keyed into a word that I have been really thinking about patience. Mm-hmm. Patience is the name of the game and has been the name of the game in this entire thing. So first with the weight loss, it was trusting the process and understanding that my body was going to change. Yeah. Now with the weight lifting, it's a different process because I am putting on weight and that's something that's so scary to a lot of people, but it's also watching my body change. The, the composition, the way I look, the way clothes fit. Um, I went from being a size eight to now all my clothes are tight again and having a moment of panic, like, oh no, this is not working. And no, no, it's not that. It's that my composition has now changed. So I'm no longer a size eight, but I'm not the size eight. I'm, I'm not, I'm also not the 12 that I started as. I might be a 12, but it's a different 12. And knowing how to challenge those numbers that are put out by, stores, you know, they're, they're, they're giving you these numbers. That doesn't mean they're real. And weight is just a tool. So stepping on the scale, it's just a tool, but being patient with 
you know, you set a goal and then knowing that it's going to take a while to get there and that you're going to go through this entire process to get there and that each part of this is important and meaningful. So pay attention to what happens because as you're, as you're doing this, you're learning all the way through what your body's capable of, uh, what you really want, what your goals, what, how you feel. I mean, like I've had to just sit here and go, well, I, I look different, but how do I feel? Do I feel good? Do I, am I confident? You know, and I feel better than I ever have. I I would venture to say that at 40, I feel better than I have in a long time, probably since high school because, well, no college, I'll say college was pretty good, but college, I was super, super in, um, uh, in college, it was definitely comparison mindset and definitely a lot of, I don't look like these other people mindset. So there was that in college heavy, but I felt really great as a dancer. Mm. Um, now I feel better though, as a body, as a whole mind and body, both. It's a very big deal. It's a very big deal. It's a hard thing to do in musical theater alone. There was, you know, people are fighting for, you know, don't make it about the size. And then there was an article written about Broadway opening back up and everybody's seeing this. It's viral where he just says, and it was just one sentence and it said, some actors have gained weight. Why did that have to be on there? I Like, why did that have to be in there? Like, are you saying that's a negative thing and it'll go against ticket sales? Like, oh, uh, I, 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 there's so many thoughts uh, I, uh, that, that author, like, why would you write that in there? Like, why does, you know, and, and it's yeah. just, it goes down. Woo, woo, woo. I'm not even a Broadway performer, but I'm just going like, oh my God, what a horrible thing to read. Yay. Broadway's back. Oh, I mean, yeah. If I went on the scale, I gained weight. This is great. Cool. So I also so make the friends. Bigger, like, I know. <laughs> I, I don't understand. I mean, that's, that's a mentality that's built in. I mean, this it's, it's deep seated. And I'm seeing it everywhere because I'm on a couple of Facebook groups and I see women, especially who are constantly saying, Oh, I want to do this, this, and this, how do you manage that? Or I want to look like you. And it's like, but your body is not that person's body. It's so there's the no same way. Per- exactly. You're not going to, and then two, getting, so the other, the other dichotomy that I face in what I do is, um, you know, there are people out there who are like self-love. And so there's this idea that if you are self-love, then losing weight shouldn't be a factor, but it's so different from person to person. And self-love is so unique to each human. It really is. I have people who come out and they say, well, you're promoting weight loss. And I'm like, well, yeah, because that's what I needed. I needed that way to get to my best self. And I'm not telling you to lose weight, but I am promoting finding healthy mindset and healthy body for you and what that looks like is going to be different from you to me so i'm not telling you hey lose 80 pounds and look like this and fit into a bikini and that's not it it is your celebration you're starting with yourself where you're absolutely feeling your personal joy absolutely and that's and that's i keep it very personal when i'm talking about my journey because it's my journey and if there's someone who needs help on their journey, it's my job to kind of go and assist them in finding their version. But Absolutely. I am never telling anybody, you must look like this. I'm trying to break that yeah. with what I do. Absolutely. And so it's funny because there are a lot of people who can't see the difference between 
diet culture and what it is that I do with healthy mindset, healthy body. It's a different thing. I'm not saying lose these weight to be accepted. Not at all. It's more like if you're feeling this way, here are some ways that you can adjust. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's such a journey. Oh my God. I, I mean, I'm still not a hundred percent there myself. I, you know, always was thin and, uh, for any of the slightest weekend, you know, um, but I had that fortune with my body being smaller and being with social media. Right. I'm not saying that it's better. I'm just saying right. that the social media and ads and everything complimented me when at being small and it, and now that I've gained weight, like it does, it's it, for me, it's been a different journey and it doesn't mean that it's less than or anything, um, or, no. or, or it comparable to no one's because it's not right. It has nothing to do with anyone else except for my own journey and where I'm at. And I think as women, we need to learn to be respectful of that with each other. Right. Big time. Yes. Um, and, and not only with our own words, but also if we, if our own self hate that we're saying to ourself, yes. if the other person is giving that to you, or if that is actually coming from within yourself for it to that feel was... like there's something going on. And, and so right. it's like, we are the cruelty, the voice that's going to be the loudest to yourself is your own. Yours. And that's, that is part of the challenge and the patience. I had to learn what voices were mine and what voices were outside. And, you know, I had really had a study, you know, where did I get this idea of wrong? Well, it's sort of systemic in the dance world. Unfortunately, it is yeah. a reality in musical theater or theater worlds the same way. Um, so I had to challenge that, but it was me who kept it and hung on to it. And so I had to really work on separating those two ideas. You know, this is where the voice started but I perpetuated it and I had to basically unravel what I had perpetuated and start really looking, you know, what, what, why do I think wrong? Why do I think that this is not correct? And it's not that it, and it, but, but we still work in and live in a society where that sort of beauty is there's this perfect body idea. And everything rolls into it, you know, clothing and style is rolled into that, you know, the size of your clothing. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's all diet culture and it's, it's like I said, deep seated. So hard to break because that's what everybody has been raised with. And, you know, that goes into even women, you know, women's studies talk about how women are perpetuated in a certain way. Yeah. From the time you were born as a girl, and that, that leads to other, uh, that leads to so many other issues yeah. in the different groups. And, and it's, it's unfortunate that that's the way it is, but we are perpetually having to be this female figure that doesn't really exist, but is created in society. And ultimately you have to really go deep for yourself to find out where, where you fit and where you can accept 
and what you can accept. And, and yeah, a lot of mindset work. Yeah. And just to acknowledge this, you know, we're talking about women right now, but this is for anyone, any female, any female, whether you are trans, you identify your gender fluid. And if you, if you identify with the traditional, what we were raised on from like, for me, the eighties and up female experience, that's what we're referring to. Not everyone is going to be cookie cutter that experience, but anything that involves with self hate, that you're experiencing in regards to your body or something we're just having a hard time embracing that's what we're talking to men too i mean i'm not a man so i can't really speak to this but i know that in 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 what i do with with health and wellness it's the same thing for men they have a an idea and again all men there's a perpetual idea of what men should be too as humans we have basically put on each other judgment yeah and perpetuated the judgment. And so self-love is breaking the judgment. Yeah. And it's tough when it's everywhere. Yeah. And and it's un- there's so much discourse on social media and and in 2020 I uh, me included we were yeah. into social media uh, very unhealthfully. Like it was it went to an extreme because of the situation. Right. But then when we come into now, we're back away from social media. As much as there are those voices on social media, that's really not the people speaking on social media are not necessarily the powerhouses for change. Yeah. Well, and um, people are really uh, easily brought into drama and negative like it's so easy to spiral down into negative and so if you have one negative voice out there they're going to be you know oh, you have to get like one comment you know right. saying something you ridiculing like, you too. right exactly and but that one mean comment can just set said anyone spiraling because it's like our nightmares we're worried about somebody saying like that something horrible to us and then so when it finally does we're like that one comment is what i'm going to revolve around and right. stress about and, and we all do it and, right. and to just know that that's not, it's not someone else's, you know, whatever, the, how they see things is not your truth. Right. And that's finding your truth is, is basically the, that's the baseline. Um, but there's a lot of mud that you often have to dig through to find your truth. Um, I also think age is a factor, you know, as you get older, I do believe that you learn a lot more. And so aging for me, this is my own truth has helped me turning 40 was a moment in time for me. And I feel like I understand and know more and, and a lot of things became clearer just because I had life experience. It's true. It's really true. Yeah. You know, and then too, the people I'm choosing to surround myself with and the challenging I've done for myself and challenging my own, you know, I mean, geez, we're in a time of challenging bias, challenging judgment, challenging so many things. And so not only for my myself, I had to challenge not only my own wellness, but other things that are going on, other issues that are going on in our society right now. And all of that challenge was, it was uncomfortable and ugly and um, not always successful, but all of that was necessary for me to start really understanding what my truth was. Yeah. And there are a great many people who are fearful of what they're going to find when they start digging. Yeah. And they're afraid of that truth. And they're afraid of facing, 
you know, those biases or the ugly parts. And part of accepting yourself is knowing that there's ugly in there. Everybody's got it. You've got everybody does. If you don't think there is, then you're just that just makes you're you deluding not. yourself. It makes right. it actually worse. It makes it worse. It's it better to understand that you're rounded, well rounded in all colors. Yes. In all colors. And you have to have that negative in order to have the positive. Like it's it's the yin and the yang idea. You have to mm-hmm. have a little of both sides, dark and light. Um, but a lot of people don't like that dark. That dark is really scary to look at because it they judge themselves on it. Judgment. I mean, it's judgment and fear. Fear is the baseline for a lot of what I've what I've seen and encountered. Oh a lot yeah. Of, a lot fear, of fear, death. Death is like I mean, huge for all of us. Uh death is a huge thing we fear. I think that's a the probably one of the biggest motivators for all of us is it's right. And it yeah. comes into your fight or flight. I mean, your mm-hmm. your baser instinct is to run away from that, which is scary because your brain says, I'm keeping you safe. Let's go. So digging into places that are not so flattering taps right into that place that doesn't want you to feel bad um, and wants to save you from that. And yeah. you have to fight that instinct, which is, it's tough. And it's a practice. I, I love that. And bouncing off all this, uh, it's making me think of, you know, where I was, well, what do I do? What do I do? I, I, I just want to speak to something where I saw a research study. It was done on when we are holding ourselves accountable. And in this study, it had a chart that was awesome. I spoke about it at a physical therapy conference. <laughs> so dorky, but I did. And in this chart, it showed that when we are honest with where we are at or, you know, in any way, that helps us get to our goals. When we're dishonest, that actually gets in the way of us achieving whatever we want to achieve. Now, it doesn't say that you have to beat yourself up. It's not like, oh, yes, I always leave the toilet seat up after I go to the bathroom and it annoys everyone else in the family. But it's it's not that. It's not. It, it's saying, yes, I do, acknowledging it truthfully, and then you see where you go with your actions from there. But it's not. It, there's. It's. It, I really feel it's so necessary to do that because when people started taking accountability, we're like, oh, yes, and then I do that. Like, this is, you're just, it's like a confessional. These are all the bad things. And it's like, that's not how it is. No, 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 no. It's seeing where you can grow from or what you are, you what is part of you. So right. you can best know how to move forward fully. Right. Otherwise, you're just like fully ignoring a part. It's, yeah, yeah. It's just, no, it's it is. You have to, you have to find the blocks mm-hmm. and you have to know what they are in order to get past them. You have to know clearly what they are. And the only way to know what they are is to study them, to sit with them, to understand them. Um, I went to a retreat and we did an exercise, uh, that I don't even remember who, who originated it, but it's one of those, it, it's, it's not Brene Brown, but it's one of those speakers who does those kind of, which are wonderful. I mean, they're mm-hmm. wonderful for getting you to really think. And, um, basically you were sitting in your deep dark. She said, where is it in your body? Where's that, that voice that tells you you're not enough, go find it. And she made you physicalize it, which Jenna, this is right up your alley, find it in your body. And so for me, it's right here in like my sternum, in the, in my stomach, my, my stomach is the one organ that when something, when my moral compass goes, my stomach turns. I, that's the first, I get the stomach turn. And then from there, I literally get this heat that goes and flushes through my body to my extremities. That's my version of that. 
So you had to find it, you had to identify it, and you had to sit in it, and you had to listen to what it said. Mm-hmm. And then we had a chart of paper, and we had to write it down. What is it saying to you? Oh, wow. And, like, and we and we sat there for like 10 minutes in it. Like, we were sitting in it for a long time. Like, it was, it felt like an eternity. And you're sitting crying. Start, oh, we were all, like, all of us were just like sobbing. Like, it was, it was such a release. But you're writing it, and then you had to draw this version, draw, draw the worst version of yourself. And then we had to then do the opposite and then say, okay, so then what's the best version? What is it that you are, what do you bring to the table? What's amazing about you? Which all of us took a minute and went, wait, what? Because you're so used to thinking about the deep darks and the uglies and the everything that is not right, that to think about what is amazing and good about you. I mean, it it flipped the perspective. And when I came back from that moment, that's, that was the moment that changed everything for me because I literally tapped into, there are three things for me that I always come back to that are my negatives. And any issue that I have go into three spots and I just have to figure out which one, but it took sitting in it to understand that. And really then tapping into what do I bring to the table? That's what I've been working on lately a lot. Mm-hmm. What do I bring to the table? Because my in, my instinct when something comes up is, oh, I'm not qualified for that. Oh, I'm not good enough for that. I have this very clear child in the room thing when I walk in and I feel like I'm inferior. My my inner child comes out and says, no, nope, we're going to hide. Like it's very clearly I am younger than all the people in the room, which may not oh, be wow. true. Right. And so that child comes out and says, you're not qualified. And there was a thing that came up one day. My husband had said, "What? well, what if this idea comes to light? You should apply for this thing if it ever comes. And I was like, I'm not qualified. He says, why not? And then I thought to myself, yeah, why not? Like, why, why not? Because I am qualified. But I automatically go to, no, I'm not. I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do that. So lately the the focus for me has been what do I bring to the table what am I good at what makes me different what sets me apart and but I had to go through all the dark struggle to find the way to say that about myself to walk into a room and say look here's what I have to give you Um, because we're also taught not to talk about yourself not to brag not to um not to think highly of yourself because other people might feel inferior it's this very weird you're supposed mm-hmm. to have confidence and yet you're not supposed to. It's a very, and all of that study has brought that to light. Yeah. I love that. I'm so grateful you came on. I like these to be nice and short, so we are going to stop there. But I like how it just kind of, what you just said really just leaves it lingering for everyone to go, hmm, and to think about it. But at the end of the day, you got to love yourself. You really do. Yes. What and what last words do you have that for anybody listening to within NYC Musical Theater Performance right now or listening on the podcast? Any last words? Um, last words. I would say, um, if you know, if you feel plagued by uh, these voices that tell you you're not enough, I do highly recommend um, trying that practice of writing down what they're saying to you, and then looking at what they're saying to you and um, challenging that thought. Always challenging. So when the negative comes in, challenge it. Where is it coming from? Is it true? Okay, what is the truth? And then focus on what is the actual truth because that's going to start helping your brain to navigate those negatives and it's done a world for me and now that we're going back into society and having to now 
start over in a way. Um, We're all going to need that because we're going to walk in being not enough because we've been out of it for so long and you want to walk in being enough and Mm -hmm. you have to challenge the negatives in order to be enough. So I love that. I love that. Where can people find you on social media? Um, I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram too. I'm not very good at Instagram, <laughs> but I'm great at Facebook. They can look me up. I am a public profile, Megan McConaughey, and you can uh, friend me, add me, or follow me, find me. Um, I'm always putting up positives and uh, positive mindset stuff. I have lives all the time about what I'm working on. So. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. You are a joy. I love how we've known each other for a bit now. I'm like, ah, good old Megan bringing her back. It's like, <laughs> Uh, this is always fun this this gives me such a lift every time me too me too thank you for coming on everybody say write megan down below m-e-g-h-a-n-n if you are grateful to get to pop on i definitely was take care